0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill Podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm here to cancel my Netflix...
1: Ah, I fucked it up. Netflix subscription. There we go. Those are the words I was looking for.
0: Uh, and I'm here to cancel people on Twitter. Ooh, even better. Uh, we'll get to that very shortly, though. Uh, first, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. It's kinda recovering from a a work week that nearly bested me. And, uh... So, I, uh, I figured I'd treat myself since I've been, I've been working so hard. Treat yourself. And, uh, we went to the Easton Town Center in Columbus today, which is, like, a fucking huge shopping complex. Is that the place? Um, with the movie theater? Yeah. So, you know, we were just walking around, uh, I bought I bought the most expensive pair of jeans that I've ever purchased in my life. All right, for seventy dollars, and the brand, uh, Levi's. Mm. Well, I which mean... uh, I think that I overpaid, but it was at Macy's. But I was walking, uh, like I was walking around. I want, I knew I wanted to get like some some new clothes for myself because, like, a lot of things that I have, I just I don't like the fit, and I'm just not like not into it anymore. So I want to start like expanding and replacing some of my wardrobes like um i have a theory on fashion which is that like you don't want curves and like loose fitting like ill-fitting clothes you want like sharp neat lines and i didn't like the way that my jeans fit uh because like they were too wide going down the legs and they would just kind of like crumple up and like r- rough, you know, sure. Like there's just a lot of extra space in them. So I got some slim fit jeans, uh, that look very nice and, uh, like a nice, you know, button down collared shirt for, for when I feel like a fancy boy. Uh, and I also bought a, a brand new pair of Doc Martens cause, uh, I've been wearing the same cowboy boots for like, three years now, and every day I'm like, my feet hurt. But what about white slip-on vans? I can't wear those at work, though. I need I need a, a boot that goes day to night. That sounds like a business venture that you should be moving into. <laughs> so, yeah, I figured, uh, I've never had Doc Martens before. I know, uh, a couple people that I know swear by them. So, I figured I'd try some out. And, uh, if I like them, you know, because I got them, you know, pretty much as a work boot. mm mm-hmm. uh, So, are if I like work them, i get a, Is anybody listening a, a, to me? Yeah. There, there are. Uh, but if I like them, I'll, you know, get another pair that's just, like, a casual boot. And I was also looking at a... Like, I've been wanting to get a watch, because, like... I actually enjoy wearing a watch, but I haven't worn a watch for, like, five years because I can't find one that I like. And I was looking at, like, a nice fossil watch, but it was $160, and I was like, eh, not today. I'll throw that down for boots, but, like, not a watch that I'm going to beat the fuck out of. Uh, Back in the day, back in
1: uh, the before times of podcasting, uh, well... Not the before times, but like in podcasting lore, uh there there are certain uh products that all fucking um sponsor other podcasts, and one of them was uh MVMT watches. So uh, and and I got one. It looked nice, it's just I never fucking wore it. Yeah. and then the battery died. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have it, uh, or I might have thrown it away. I don't fucking know, but yeah, I don't, I don't like wearing watches, so uh, that that's an avenue to look into if they're still even in business. Which I don't know, based off the fact that I haven't heard ads to them in years, uh, probably not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I used to have a Nixon watch that I I liked quite a bit, but uh, I don't know if they make that that same watch anymore. I don't know. It was uh one of the ones with like the really wide black leather band which like i don't know i like a i like a watch with a wide band and you know i hate like metal bands because it they're just not comfortable but uh anything leather like that though like yeah well like once you're uh once you're moving around and you know, if it if it gets the least bit wet, it starts to smell bad and just mm. it's a lot of upkeep for, like, a leather accessory that you're going to wear every day.
1: Yes, that's true. I, I don't so. like wearing watches. I don't know. It's just not for me.
0: Uh, thanks for coming to my TED talk. This has been uh, Caleb's Fashion Corner. hmm. It was interesting. Uh, I have nothing special to add to anything. Because, uh, I just don't, so. Well, alright. Let's move on to... What's your swill? Can we please
1: get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans!
0: (laughs) Stay away from the cans! Dan, what are you, uh... What do you got? Funneling down your fuckhole, as we once said. Uh, that is true. I have
1: uh, a, a fucking vodka tonic with the, the classic Dan-infused vodka. Uh, this is the remnants of that last batch that I had. Uh, it's still delicious. Uh, I've finished all my beer, and now I'm back onto my liquor, so I've never been sicker, or whatever the fuck it is.
0: <laughs> what about you? I am having a Nineteen Crimes Cali Rosé, uh, a wine by Snoop Dogg. Uh huh. Go on. Uh, Nineteen Crimes tells the true story of rule breakers who beat the odds, overcame adversity, and went on to become folk heroes in their society. This spirit lives on today through innovators and culture creators like Callie's own Snoop Dogg, a leader in contemporary pop culture. Snoop embodies the timeless values of the 19 crimes rogues who came before him. Glasses up. It's uh, a California rosé. It is 10.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, and it's made by Snoop Dogg. It's a uh, 2020 vintage. Terrible so, year. Not sure why yeah. they, they have that vintage, but I mean, okay. It is like it's a rose. It's like any other any other pink table wine I've ever had in my life. Sure. But it's got a picture of Snoop Dogg and like a, a huge oversized hoodie on the label and that makes me feel good. The real question is, how much did this bottle cost you? Uh, I have no idea. My wife got my it wife. at Kroger because she thought that it was funny. I mean, the memes are worth it most of the time. Yeah. You remember the Lonely Island's first album when no. they made a song about the fact that Santana had his own champagne? No. Oh. Maybe I'm the only person that remembers that.
1: I'm not a voracious SNL watcher. I watch, like, the random funny stuff,
0: uh, and then, you know, move on with my life. Yeah. I sure used to be. Um, I don't know, I think I've talked to you about it before, but, like... um. That was, like, kind of how me and my sister bonded when we were still teenagers and lived at home and didn't really like each other outside of that one hour every week. Sure. Well, I'm happy you guys bonded. Yeah. All right. (sighs) Are you ready to fucking (laughs) dig into this fucking shit show that we call The News? Oh, shit, it's mail time.
1: I mean, no, but I mean... You can tell by my energy that I'm just not excited to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to hit you with like a couple things I threw into the the news story about this cuz this is like an ongoing saga. Uh and then we uh we're going to break down the full timeline that you t- <laughs> that you took the time to write out about this insane fucking thing. Yep that transpired uh so this all has to deal with dave chappelle's new stand-up special the closer which we talked about last week a little bit um a netflix employee uh who is a trans woman who spoke out against the special uh for legitimate and unrelated reasons Mm -hmm. like she spoke out against this uh bunch of like people on twitter lost their minds over it um Basically, like, Ted Sarandos put out, like, a memo about this, that, like, they're not going to take it down. Yeah. Uh, Basically, like, this boils down to, like, Dave Chappelle makes comedy special, Netflix makes money. Dave Chappelle stirs up a bunch of shit, Netflix makes money. Uh, Ted Sarandos says, fuck your feelings. Uh, Netflix decided to back Dave Chappelle and say they're not going to take it down, even though it's controversial. Uh, So why don't they put up the advanced Dungeons and Dragons episode of community and those five episodes of always sunny and all those episodes of 30 rock. Sure. So, uh, let's, let's just fucking go through it. Um, so October 5th, uh, the closer released on Netflix, uh, on the 6th, uh, Jacqueline Moore, co-showrunner for Dear White People and a Trans Woman, announced on Twitter that she's no longer going to work with Netflix after watching it.
1: So, uh, we, we talked about that last week. I, I just, you know, it's just a thing that happened. And, I mean, I, I still hold the same opinion. That's a very bold take to make whenever you've already left Netflix to move on to a new project. Correct. I mean, she might be completely serious, but also, like, yeah, you can say that
0: now. Right, because they're, they're not writing your checks. Right.
1: If if this was before Dear White People Season 4 came out, like, if we were talking, like, it's in the final throes of production, and she just went, you know, I'm done, and then left, then I'd be like, okay, sure. But this is just like, hey, you know, uh, I'm taking the easy W on this one by saying that I'm never working with you guys again.
0: Yeah. October 11th, Netflix suspends three employees for attempting to join... Uh, A meeting that was for directors and above. Yep. So like they just barged in, I guess.
1: It was a web meeting, uh, and apparently they were they were provided a link. So the understanding is that they were invited. They they thought that they were invited. Uh, They were. I think they were reinstated on the thirteenth, which is not in my uh, my thing. But uh, it's yeah, and also
0: not. A news story because it's not a catchy headline that like right. oh hey um so like were they just sent a link mistakenly did did somebody who was a director there say like hey you know I'm, I'm with you guys do this stir some shit who knows i don't
1: yeah i i don't know what happened there it it just seems like they got sent a link they went in they got blindsided. I don't know if, like, they were sent, like, as martyrs or whatever, or like, hey, you're gonna fucking show up, you're gonna get suspended, nothing's going to happen because public outrage exists, and then you're gonna come back to work, and then just be like, alright, yeah. cool.
0: Um, In that group of employees was Tara Field, who is a trans woman who had a viral Twitter thread regarding her issues with the special uh netflix maintains that she was not suspended for her tweets ted sarandos releases a memo i wanted to follow up on the closer dave chappelle's latest special as several of you have reached out following uh qbr asking what to say to your teams it never feels good when people are hurting especially your colleagues so i wanted to give some additional context You should also be aware that some talent may join third parties in asking us to remove the show in the coming days, which we are not going to do. Chappelle is one of the most popular stand-up comedians today, and we have a long-standing deal with him. His last special, Sticks and Stones, also controversial, is our most watched, stickiest, and most award-winning stand-up special to date. As with our other talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom, even though this means there will always be content on Netflix that some people believe harmful, like Cuties, 365 Days, 13 Reasons Why, or My Unorthodox Life. Several of you have also asked that we draw the line on hate. We don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite hate or violence, and we don't believe the closer crosses that line. I recognize, however, that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. In terms of our commitment to inclusion, we're working hard to ensure more people see their lives reflected on screen, and that underrepresented communities are not defined by a single story. Uh, So we're proud of titles like Sex Education, Young Royals, Control Z, and Disclosure. Externally, particularly in stand-up comedy, artistic freedom is obviously a very different standard of speech than we allow internally, as the goals are different, entertaining people versus maintaining a respectful, productive workplace. Today's conversation on Entertain the World was timely, these are hard and uncomfortable issues. We all bring different values and perspectives, so thank you for being part of the conversation. As it's important, we're clear about our operating principles. Uh, employees will be staging a walkout on October 20th.
1: Yep, that was basically in response to the, to the memo because they feel like it's not good enough. All right, so mm-hmm. let's, let's pause there and talk about the memo. Uh, you're reading this for the first time. Uh, I basically copy and pasted it and read it from there what are you
0: thinking? I mean, it seems pretty standard for this kind of thing, honestly. Like, it seems like he's just kind of doing his due diligence and saying, like, yes, we, we see you. No, we're not giving you what you want. This is how it is. Uh, these colors don't run, love it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that. I,
1: see, I kind of agree with, you know, there will always be content, this part, as with our other talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom, even though this means there will always be content on Netflix, some people believe is harmful, like Cutie's 365 Days, 13 Reasons Why, or My Unorthodox Life. So, from that standpoint, like, yes, those are quote-unquote challenging things. I think Cutie's is probably the one thing that probably doesn't deserve to be in this, this statement, because... I think it's just downright deplorable, uh, even though the fact that, you know, I uh, I, I I continually make the joke uh, based off of the Thanos thing that he did at the beginning of, of Avengers Endgame. Like, you can't uh, exploit the children to, you know, destroy exploitation of children, uh, which is what cuties felt like. But that's yeah. just my opinion. So, like, I get what he's saying and being like, hey, we we've had other content on here that other people don't like. But also, you know, this is the one thing that everyone in the company, or not everyone in the company, but like a large vocal portion of the company thinks is a bad idea. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Okay. Uh, October 12th, Netflix reveals that Squid Game is their most viewed series of all time with 111 million fans, whatever that means.
1: All right, so pause again. Here's why I think this is important. I think Netflix wanted them to get off the new cycle of, uh, yeah. The, what's it called? Like, of, of this Chappelle special taking over everything.
0: Don't, don't look at the bad thing. Look at the amazing thing look, that we did. Look at this amazing thing that we did.
1: Other, because they revealed it on, what is it, 10 12? So, and that came out like end of, I think it was September 19th. So it's not even 28 days. It's not even, um, it's nothing like it, it, it was just like, hey, 111 million people will have watched this. And it's like, that's such a random number. Like, it feels like if you were going to actually truly celebrate it and then update the number later, uh, it you should have done it at 100 million. Like 100 million is a nice, clean number where you just do it and you're like, hey, cool, look at our 100 million or 100 million viewed show.
0: Look how awesome we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's dubious timing yeah. on that. Uh, Then on the 13th, Lucas Shaw of Bloomberg wrote a piece detailing the internal consternation of Netflix. Employees raised concerns with offensive material in The Closer before it was released, but Ted Sarandos and global head of TV Bella Bajaria okayed the release. There were concerns dating back to Chappelle's previous special, Sticks and Stones, regarding Dave's transphobic remarks, and leadership stated that they would be more careful in the future. Reed Hastings confirms that Netflix will continue to work with Chappelle. The budgets of both The Closer, $24.1 million, and Sticks and Stones, $23.6 million. Jesus Christ, seriously, for a stand-up special? Yep. Uh, and the internally generated value of The Closer, $19 million, were leaked by an employee with the value coefficient being 0.8. Uh, uh, math words.
1: Yeah, value coefficient uh, is my own term, uh, because i couldn't think of a better term for it Uh, basically meaning what is the profit the general profitability of
0: the of the special yeah expense to right money generated um the same employee also stated that bo burnham's inside had a budget of 3.2 million and a value coefficient of 2.8 squid game was revealed to have a budget of 21.4 million but no value coefficient was offered
1: it's very clear that the, the employee was just trying to be like, hey, look, man, we don't. In- I don't understand why Netflix thinks Dave Chappelle is so great. His, his specials aren't even profitable. Why are we defending him so much? Uh, to which I offer this counterpoint. Uh, Dave Chappelle is valuable, especially as of now, because you have him. If Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. goes to a different streaming service, say HBO Max or Amazon Prime, uh, you no longer have Dave Chappelle. And therefore, especially after now, he's going to be seen as a martyr in the comedy community or among people who, like, are very anti-cancel culture. And then will, like, flock to that new streaming service to, to watch his next fucking special. So, unfortunately...
0: hundred percent.
1: At this point, you have to keep Dave Chappelle. I understand that, like, the employees don't want to work, like, don't want Netflix to work with Dave Chappelle anymore. But, like, you have to keep him at least through this next special. He has to do one more thing. Like I know he has a block party special coming up in November. He has to do something beyond that one. And then Netflix can be like, all right, go do your thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, October 15th, Netflix terminates an employee under suspicion of having leaked the uh, previously stated metrics to the press. The unnamed employee is one of the organizers of the October 20th walkout. Netflix said a review of its internal access logs pinpointed the information to a single person, who admitted that they download and shared sensitive company information externally. Uh, and then on the sixteenth, Netflix updated their Squid Game metrics, stating that 133 million people started the show, with 66% of them completing the show. <sighs> uh, and that and that brings us up to now. It it uh, sure does. So as of the release of this episode, uh the walkout will be happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, which I believe is the same day as the earnings call. Uh, but I, I can't confirm normally Netflix does it on the 20th of the, the beginning month of the next of, of the of the quarter. So uh, that's why I think it's it's happening that date because I actually want there to be actual change to their stock prices in order to make it seem like uh, they're they're affecting something. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect much. I think Netflix is going to do the same thing it always does on stock day. Uh, as soon as 4 o'clock hits, uh, everyone's going to sell and tank the, the stock price anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably.
1: Uh, in regards to the person being termed, um, apparently they're, they're black and pregnant, uh, and that that was a thing that people cared about. Oof. Which, like, I get it. I get why that optically seems bad, because, like, the trans coalition at Netflix and the black coalition at Netflix are basically aligned with, like, hating on the Dave Chappelle special. So I get, believe me, I get why it looks bad, but also like, you know, that is sensitive information regarding the company that you, you just put out there in the ether, like expecting no
0: repercussion is insane to me. Like at that point, the, the person knowingly assumed that risk. Right. And responsibility for their actions. So. I- I'm okay with them terming her.
1: I, I know that sounds corporate bootlickery, but also like you signed a contract when when you when when you decided to be employed by Netflix. That was part of your contract to not leak internal information like that. Yeah.
0: Also, like I don't know. I think that making special concessions for people based on like their th- pregnancy status and shit, like. Is not great either, right? Like I, I, I feel like well, that person
1: is, has stated they want to be unnamed because they want to avoid harassment. Which is like okay, fine, I get it. But also like, they're they're going to go into job interviews. Well, a- actually, because they're they're going to they're going to have job interviews, and unless there's like an NDA regarding their identity upon from their termination, um that's going to be something that really hurts them if they're going to try to get into a similar position with a different company because now they're going to be shown that they can't handle, you know, internal data if the company does something that they don't like. So, right. like they're fucked.
0: Yeah. All right, so until next week, uh, that's the saga as it as it stands.
1: Yeah. I think I think the big the, the next big news item that will happen will likely be the walkout and any fallout that happens from that. I don't expect there to be fallout, because it seems like, unless, you know, and this is taking Netflix at their word, and I know how bad that could be, but uh, assuming that Netflix is not getting revenge on these people for trying to lead lead things, uh, you know, where... We're we're suspending uh, trans people for speaking out. Uh, We're suspending or we're firing a black woman for trying to organize a walkout. Taking that at face value, if the walkout goes through and nobody else is termed, uh, I don't know what more we're going to get out of this story.
0: Yeah. All right. uh, Time for some unrelated news. Uh, Netflix has approved the NC17 release of Andrew Dominic's Blonde, starring Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. Yep. Uh, I believe this is their first NC17 original. Yeah. So that's that's. So gonna there's going to be probably boobies and peen.
1: Probably uptight shots of vagina, too. Could be. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Andrew Dominic, I, I got to remember. He. I, he he made something, I remember we talked about this before, where, like, that was a big thing that, like, Netflix wasn't gonna do it, and now they're doing it, but he, um, he fucking, uh, what did he do? He did something that I don't like, and therefore I didn't care. Oh, he did Killing Them Softly, which is why I stopped caring about his vision uh, for the direction yeah. of the movie. So, I mean, cool, whatever. Uh, if if you guys want to see Anna de Armas's vagina, uh, I hope you have fun.
0: All, all I care about is uh, they they need to play uh, Candle in the Wind on the, the credits.
1: <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, our next thing is uh, kind of a nothing
1: burger, but Omar Sy has signed a production deal with Netflix. Uh, he'll just be making some, some movies in, in France with Netflix, which... Uh, Is interesting because uh, as of the last time I remember, France is basically like, hey, your shit can't be on streaming services until 36 months after release in theaters.
0: So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, Omar Sy, he was Bishop.
1: He's Bishop, he's Lupin. Yeah. Or not Lupin, he's Asan
0: Diop but you know he's, he's he may as well just be lupon he was also in jurassic world did he get he did he get all led up by a dinosaur oh i have no I idea i can't remember that movie i can't remember that movie and i'll never watch it again i've never watched it and i can't remember it <laughs> uh and our final bit of news this week is that netflix has acquired yet another los angeles theater the bay theater mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm uh, Dan's worried about this Dan doesn't like co- consolidation of any
0: kind uh, they already have
1: a theater in Los Angeles uh, I don't like them having another one
0: uh jump cut to 10 years from now when uh, Netflix is now a nationwide theater chain
1: and, and I'll I'll be like I told you so uh, you know <laughs> we started we started with random one-off theaters in order to appease film Twitter Uh, And now we're moving on to National Chains, where everyone uh, can watch only Netflix movies in theaters. Yeah. And then Disney will have a theater, and then Warner Brothers will have a theater. Don't worry, guys. It's not going to be the worst fucking thing ever.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's get into downstream and talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. (laughs) Right, our first trailer this week is for Colin in Black and White. What you know isn't the entire story. From Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay, Colin in Black and White shows the coming-of-age story of a kid who just wanted to play ball, but was destined for much more. Jaden Michael stars as young Colin Kaepernick. Am I saying that right?
1: Kaepernick? It, it, it's Kaepernick.
0: But I don't the E wanna... is, is yeah, understandable. I don't know why I want to do that. Uh, Colin Kaepernick... Uh, this is a six-part series about the athlete turned activist high school years. Uh, this premieres October 29th, my birthday. Uh, Colin Kaepernick also narrates it. Uh, it's a drama series recounting his formative years uh, navigating race, class, and culture while aspiring for greatness. Uh, this also has Nick Offerman and Mary Louise Parker as uh, his parents, Rick and Teresa. I was really hoping it'd be Morty, Rick and Morty. And like Morticia,
1: yeah. You, know, you know, you feel me? You get yeah. it? Yeah, I get it. You get the joke.
0: Yeah. Uh this looks good. Yeah,
1: I'm not thrilled about Colin narrating it himself. I just kinda want it to exist. Like if he if it was only if it's only at the beginning and end of every episode, I go, Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll take that. But uh if it's yeah. constantly through the fucking episode like everybody hates Chris or something like that, I'll be a little mad.
0: This one weird trick to piss off Republicans everywhere Far-right extremists hate it
1: Yeah, I mean Yeah Is this the kind of content that Ted Ted Sarandos was talking about? Like when he he says that we we have challenging content for everybody Because I mean if that's the case Okay
0: Alright, and uh Our second and final trailer this week is for Bruised from Halle Berry. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Thanksgiving, uh, Academy Award winning actress Halle Berry directs and stars in a triumphant sports drama about a fighter who reclaims her power in and out of the ring when everyone has counted her out. Jackie Justice is a mixed martial arts fighter who leaves the sport in disgrace. Down on her luck and simmering with rage and regret. Years after her last fight, she's coaxed into a brutal battleground... Up. a brutal underground, even, fight by her manager and boyfriend, Desi, uh, and grabs the attention of a Fight League promoter uh, who promises Jackie a life back in the octagon. But the road to redemption becomes unexpectedly personal when Manny, the son she gave up as an infant, shows up at her doorstep. Bruised marks the directorial debut of Academy Award winner Halle Berry and also stars Adrian Lennox, Sheila Adam, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And Stephen McKinley Henderson. Uh-huh. Those are names. Uh, this looks fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty- it, it pretty much
1: just looks fine. I mean, uh, a lot of people are excited for it. I'm happy you're you're all excited for it. Uh, it looks average. Like, it, it looks like a directorial debut kind of movie, where, uh, the director is just like, Hi, I'd like to star in my own movie, please. Yeah. Alright, uh, and that will move us into Quick Hits. So we talk about some shit that we watched this week. Uh,
0: and I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> uh, you know I have to watch them all when they come out. Just to let you know how bad they still are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Pokemon the movie Secrets of the Jungle. Uh, original title Gekijuban Pokedo Monsta, Uh colon, Coco. I mean, it's no uh, Charles Barkery, uh, no Dunkaroo.
1: <laughs> Charles Barkery, no, no Dunkaroo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't understand that joke, go listen to Stacking
0: Triggers, a Magical Gathering podcast. <laughs> Barkery, no Dunkaroo. It's a six point seven out of ten on IMDb. So, uh, soundly defeating Tall Girl. Rest in peace, Tall Girl. I don't know how this happened, but apparently Netflix has exclusive distribution rights for the Pokemon films in the United in the United States. That is correct. And I guess because, like, they what was the last one that actually went to theaters? I think it was like it uh, might have been Pokemon Entei? the movie. I choose you.
1: Ooh, I they, choose you, my they favorite. They did do
0: a theatrical release for that, which was basically like a, a soft reboot of it, because it was like Ash starting out on his Pokemon journey again, because uh, we've never seen that fucking story in the last, how long's Pokemon been out?
1: Uh, 25 years? 25 years. Game came yeah. to America in like 96. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you want to talk about a formative year for me? Nineteen ninety-six, Pokemon comes to America, and Independence Day is released.
0: Yeah. Uh this is the story of Coco, a young boy raised by Pokemon, and the creation of a new bond between humans and Pokemon. Uh this is the Zerud movie because I have to make a a movie for each like mythical Pokemon. That's correct. Uh so it's it's like Zerud is like chimps or bonobos I guess some sort of great ape Uh, except they have tails so I guess technically they would be monkeys um but they're like human sized or like maybe a bit bigger I guess I don't know but they're like uh there's a whole troop of them they live in this big tree that has like uh, a magical healing spring in it uh and like one of them finds uh, this child abandoned in the jungle and decides to raise it as his own and for doing so is cast out from the troop. Uh, oh,
1: so it's just Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: It kind of is. It's kind of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, <laughs> especially like, in the climax of the movie, because like the main conflict is that like there's a team of scientists looking for this healing spring Uh, And it turns out that, like, the head scientist is just, like, an actual murderer who killed the kid's parents and caused him to be lost in the jungle and found by the Pokemon in the first place. And, like, you know, they actually are like, you know, this guy murdered this kid's parents. That is the plot of the movie, Uh, which is pretty, pretty bold for a Pokemon film, I thought. That's, that's true. I'm trying to think. The last
1: time I can remember there being, like, even implied murder was probably the Safari Zone episode, which I desperately want to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah the Pokemon episode with guns. Yeah. Yeah, this fucking old man pulls out a gun and points it at Ash's face. Yeah, straight up, I want to it's watch a- It's a children's uh... cartoon. <laughs> straight up, I want to watch uh, all the banned episodes of Pokemon, because I think it'll be interesting. I don't know. I've always wanted to watch the Porygon episode because like that one's never been shown in the United States. And also like because of that, like basically they had like a bunch of like strobing colors and stuff because it's like Porygon is like, uh, like a virtual reality slash like robot Pokemon. So they were doing like lasers and shit, like flashing lights and stuff. And like turns out that kids with epilepsy don't respond well to that and <laughs> there was just like true. a bunch of kids in japan had seizures so they never aired the episode in the united states and porygon has never been in a single other episode of the anime and that they was just like true. don't acknowledge it its existence in the show so yep this is all factual but to make it even more like horizon zero dawn like the climax of the movie happens whenever, like, all of the Zorud and all the other Pokemon who live in the jungle have to team up and fight a fucking battle mech. Because there's huh? just, like, this giant robotic mech that, like, you know, they're gonna, you know, seize this tree by force and this crazy scientist is gonna just murder all the Pokemon. Um... So they have to stop him. So there's just this giant robot going through the forest, just fucking punching trees and knocking them down. <laughs> and it's the most insane fucking thing I've ever seen. I can't believe they did this. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Pikachu's in it. You know, all your... All your, all your friends. Yeah. Actually, I don't think that Ash uses a single other Pokemon than Pikachu in this movie.
1: I think that's a thing they're doing, especially in the new anime, is that Ash doesn't carry around regular other Pokemon. He just has Pikachu the whole time, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that, but they did it.
0: Yeah. This was definitely a movie that I watched. Uh, That is uh, true. I don't know. It's better than the Diancie movie. Which isn't saying a lot. What's the movie we watched, because you're a bastard, man? Uh... Which one was it? I don't know. We watched the the remake of Mewtwo Strikes, Strikes Back. Well, that one was on purpose. I think we watched the Darkrai movie? Mm, it was the one where, like, the, the fucking hill's
1: on fire for some reason. Hmm. Like, like, they go to a town, there's a festival, there's some charlatan uh, uncle... Who doesn't do fucking anything? And then,
0: oh yeah, fuck. Which one was that? Uh it was Pokemon the movie, The Power of Us. Uh huh. That sounds uh, right. It was. It was about Lugia. Was it really? Yeah, Lugia and
1: Zeraora. Zer- Were the, oh, the, no, the no, is Zera- Zeraora and some other Pokemon that can turn invisible sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right, whatever. Uh it exists. It's a movie that we
0: watched. Uh <laughs> Um Oh, I don't know. At the like they keep referencing that like I guess Celebi is the protector of the jungle even though like it fucking shows Zarud through like the whole movie, but uh, at the end of it they restore peace and harmony to the jungle and and the the guardian of the jungle comes back. Uh, which is interesting because it's actually a shiny Celebi, which is pink instead oh, of oh, green. Oh yeah, the
1: pink she- Celebi, which uh, makes sense because Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon company sent out an email being like, hey, br- br- get your fucking codes for uh, Dada, Dada Zaruda Zarude, and then Zarud Sandstorm, and then shiny Celebi.
0: Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, for a limited time, if players of Pokemon Sword and Shield pre-ordered tickets for the film's premiere, they would get the mythical pro- Pokemon Zarude in its data form and a shiny Celebi. Uh, and I said it was
1: a Zarude sandstorm.
0: Yeah. Now I need to look up. Now I need to look up what the fuck the data form is. I think it has, like, a thing on it. It, Like, it has, like, a little hood. Oh, it has, yeah, it has, like, a a shawl that, like, the one in the movie wears, so you can tell it apart from the other ones. Pokemon. They're still making movies. Still doing it. Uh, What did you watch?
1: All right, I watched quite a bit. Uh, I'll start with the the thing I have the least to say about uh, The Way of the House Husband. I watched two episodes of uh, the new little bit they put out. Uh, It's still funny. It's still a irreverent, stupid show that you just throw on in the background while you're eating your, your breakfast, lunch, and then uh, your girlfriend is sewing her uh, friend's kid's co- Halloween costumes, because that's a thing she does, apparently.
0: What what was the things that you learned about house husbandry uh, in these episodes? Uh, how to make tapioca balls to do boba tea. Oh, no shit. That's useful. Mm-hmm.
1: There is some useful shit. Uh, Also, they they showed how to, like, bake bread in a rice cooker.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. It was a very interesting little bit. I'm just gonna say it. I don't fucking get the hype of boba tea. I've tried it. I didn't think it was that good. I've never tried it because I
1: don't like tapioca. I don't think tapioca is particularly a good flavor. So. uh, Sorry, all you boba tea people.
0: All right, what else? Keep them coming.
1: All right, I got the old ways. Uh, it's a horror movie on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, but Netflix is the only place that's really that's distributing it. Uh, it's about this uh, reporter who goes back to her home country of somewhere in South America, uh, gets possessed by a demon, and then spends uh, seventy minutes trying to get it expelled from her, uh, and then eventually uh, does does things. Uh, I'll say this. You know, despite the uninspired plot synopsis I just gave, it was a nice little refresher to the demon possession genre. Because, you know, it wasn't just like, it's the it's the fucking church here to exorcise demons. It's like some old lady and her fucking son who just, like, dance around with shit. And you're like, wow, this looks stupid. But then it's hyper-effective. Probably more effective than an exorcism. Uh, fuck you, Catholic church. Uh, and, Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a good little movie. It's a good little horror movie. I like it. You know, it, it, there's nobody uh, of particular note in the movie, but you know, it's well acted.
0: Uh, it's interesting and it's fresh. Look looking at the the list of stuff you watched this week, you're like really leaning into the the horror movie season.
1: Uh, yeah, that that is exactly it. Uh mainly because my girlfriend is a psychopath. She uh, What movie is she she's watching either Rebecca or Winchester. Uh, And I know you've watched Winchester, which is why I'm hoping she's watching Winchester. Fucking sucks. Hoping she's watching Winchester because I don't want to watch it. Uh, Then I watched a classic horror story. This takes place in Italy, and uh, my Ashley at one point was like, "Why are all of these white people speaking Spanish in Mexico?" And I just went, "Because this takes place (sighs) in Italy," and she went. Oh, I thought this was a Mexican horror movie. To which I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, my girlfriend's brain cells giveth and they taketh away. Uh, This is, uh, you know, a classic horror story, as it says, uh, and that's its ultimate downfall. Uh, Basically, like, it's this group of people who are all doing, like, uh, an Uber X, but uh, this guy has a rideshare with his his mom's fucking RV. Uh, you know, and then one guy gets super, like, not super drunk, but he gets a little drunk, and then he's like, hey, I want to drive the RV. And the guy's like, no, you really shouldn't do that. And then the guy's like, I'm not, we're not leaving here unless I drive the RV, you know. Cause if if the first thing you did was get inside uh, your rideshare app guy's uh, driver's seat and was like I'm not leaving here until we fucking uh, you know you let me drive to our location, uh, you'd be fucking told to leave immediately. But uh, because it's a horror movie, we need to set it up that there that it happens. So they crash the car, uh, and then uh, some fucking awful shit starts happening to these people, like. Uh, this guy gets, um, the the drunk guy gets, uh, he's all fucked up because his leg's broken from uh, the, the the car crash. So he gets taken in by like these three people uh, and they hook him up to some machine. Uh, they hobble him, uh, which was kind of oh, out Jesus of nowhere. Christ. Didn't expect it uh, and accidentally saw a fucking hobbling. So there was that, which was great. Uh, you know. And then, you know, uh, they get told this legend about how, like, these three saints or apostles need, like, uh, of this, like, weird cult need um the eyes, ears, and tongue from somebody. And then uh, one per- one girl gets her fucking eyes plucked out, a guy gets his ears cut off, and then some girl, uh, then our main character gets, like, her hands nailed to a wheelchair so she can't leave the wheelchair. It's, uh, it's fucking brutal. And I was going to give it a positive rating, until the end, the post-credit scene where uh, uh it, it's shown that like the entire events of the movie were recorded and then uploaded to the internet on something called Bloodflix, which uh, is the Netflix client but just reskinned to be Bloodflix. Uh, they even have the the babong thing that Netflix does at the beginning of their shit. Because uh, it's called to Shut up. Uh, I don't care that's dumb. <laughs> so y- they do that, and then some guy, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then they do a thing, and I'm like, wow, that fucking ending sucks. So uh, this gets a two. Like, fuck fuck a classic horror story. That fucking ending is so dumb. If they ended it where they ended the movie and went to credits, I would have been much more positive. It would have been like a three, but that ending is fucking horrendous. <sighs> Uh, Then I watched something called Aftermath. This stars Sean Ashmore. Uh, Everyone should know him as the leader of the Animorphs. Uh, Also as Iceman. Uh, Also as uh, the main character of Quantum Break. And also as one of the main characters of Man of Madon. uh, A supermassive video game where you choose your own adventure kind of thing. Uh, But it's a horror movie. Uh, It also stars Ashley Green as his wife. Uh, Ashley Green is in Twilight. Uh, she's the pitcher girl in the baseball scene of Twilight. <laughs> so, uh her career hasn't uh done much. Um so yeah, Aftermath is basically about this couple. Uh one uh Sean Ashmore is a um crime scene uh, a crime scene um cleaner. So he, he's like the dude in John Wick who like whenever a gruesome murder happen, he cleans it up and make it makes it look like nothing ever happened. And uh, you know, uh, he, he he the movie opens with him cleaning this house, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, the owner's Man, like, 'Man, we're yeah, we're looking to like get out from under this house because you know we don't want to be reminded of where my brother committed suicide and murders his whole family.'" So we're like, "Oh shit, that's rough." I wonder what's gonna happen. So uh, he and his his wife uh fucking move into this place, which is way too big for them uh because it's one per it's uh, two people in, in like a two story house with like way too many rooms uh downsize if you can everybody there's no reason to have the excess it also cuts down on your power bills uh and then weird shit starts happening uh, i don't want to spoil this cuz it was actually like a, a nice little movie uh, i had genuine twists and turns and i didn't see where it was going i never would have even f- fucking physically thought of what actually happened in the movie but it actually kind of still fit like it wasn't one of those like hey this doesn't seem fucking possible why did you do this you've ruined the movie it was like I guess that makes sense and I'm here with it
0: yeah uh, and the final thing is watch: The Ritual it's still good I need to circle back on that movie again I do like
1: that movie a lot I watch. I try to watch it every Halloween now uh the, the my my main problem still with still with it is the one uh quote unquote friend. Cause he sucks. Man. Like a lot.
0: Alright. Anything else? That is it. Alright. Uh well then why don't we cut into a quick break and when we get back, we will talk about our featured review for the week, the Forgotten Battle. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's Eternal Army: Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallerisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam, the hurley boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash applepodcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 comes out in December.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Caleb,
0: it's time to get our main view topic for the week. Uh, The Forgotten Battle The Forgotten Battle is uh, a brand new drama war film on Netflix. It is a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. 1944, the Second World War, a British glider pilot, a Dutch boy fighting on the German side, and a Dutch female resistance member all end up involved in the Battle of the Sheld. Their choices differ, but their their goal is the same, freedom. Uh... Draco Melfoy's in this mm-hmm. uh Dan what did you think
1: um uh, say it with me everybody uh it's fine I it is fine I was you know kind of invested uh, it's a slow starter uh and I remember when we were first talking about this like it was compared to Dunkirk. And that wasn't, like, critics saying it. It Like, they literally said, well, it was critics saying it, but also Netflix put in the trailer for it, uh, like, the Netherlands Dunkirk. And I just went, okay. And I didn't realize how true that was. Uh, And it's very factual, because it follows three different characters, and their stories uh, intertwine and intersect at different intervals. And uh, ultimately, it makes for,
0: like, a messy film. It's well-made, but messy. Yeah. I'll say this, like, as a war movie like, it's not like what you would think, like, it's not like we gotta go do this fight, and then there's gonna be this other fight like, the fights are, like short and, like, punchy and then the rest of it is, like the slog in between Yep. so, like, where this movie really succeeds, I guess is showing, like the human cost of war and, like, how it Takes its toll on the people that are involved, and like the the bystanders and shit. Yeah. So I liked that aspect of it, but I don't know, it's, it's fine, fine little movie.
1: Uh, there is the the story of the the Dutch boy fighting on the German side, and maybe I missed it, and I'm totally willing to admit that I probably missed it. But like, I don't understand why he wanted to fight on that side in the first place. Uh, and then I don't. And then from there, like, the movie expects me to give a shit about him, uh, but I don't, because he's fighting on the but German side of World War II. he's a Nazi. Right. <laughs> like, maybe he maybe he himself is not a Nazi, but he's fighting on behalf of the Nazis. And, you know, all, all of his introspection after every action he takes uh, doesn't make up for the fact that I don't feel anything for him as he continues to do it.
0: Thing. let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends
1: <sighs> okay i could describe it um imagine you're in a room and no no, like, no 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 i don't want to know how it ends i haven't seen the beginning uh, yeah yet. but the ending is awesome so if i could Son just of play bitch, the... this is what you always do you always spoil stuff uh, for me no i don't and if i could just play the ending for you real quick then we'll discuss that motherfucker
0: you always spoil everything before i get a chance okay, to okay you it. sound like a crazy person right now yeah it also doesn't really do a great job of explaining why he ends up where he is because like at the start he's basically in like a cushy office job for like uh a major or whatever it's a colonel but it's same thing colonel yeah but uh oh yeah it was uh the british major was the other officer that they introduced but um but yeah like i what i gathered is that like he was sent off to the front lines as like punishment for talking to the girl whose brother was killed for being part of the resistance. That's how I understood it, but I don't understand that from like a
1: conceptual. The, yeah, they didn't standpoint. like tell
0: me that. That was what I inferred. Right, and, and like so.
1: if that is what it is, then okay, fine. But also, like, I don't, I don't get it. And maybe I'm not supposed to get why that was such a fucking big deal to to them that he talked to her. In any way, shape, or form. I don't get it, but whatever. It, it doesn't ultimately impact the movie. It's just like, it, it puts him in a location for
0: their stories to intersect. Yeah. Because uh, that's the movie, and it needed to. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know.
1: And then the, um, the girl's story is probably the most interesting one, because it the The way it just moves, uh, and how it twists and turns throughout the entire movie, uh, was in like very engaging, uh, like her, like her whole struggle and, and like you know she's not shown to be helpless, which I think is probably the hallmark of the movie is that like yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's two male soldiers and then a female resistance fighter, uh, although she's not much of a
0: resistance fighter until the very end of the not movie. Not really a fighter, more of like Right. she's doing more like espionage type yeah. shit.
1: But then, you know, she does her thing, uh, and like she like she's the reason why they get these plans in the first place in order to set off this battle, but like also, you know, she's shown to have like a full character. Like she feels like the true main yeah. character of the movie.
0: Yeah, her her story is the best part of the movie and like if the movie would have just been her stuff, like I'd have been fine with that. Um the one other part of the movie that I liked a lot was like uh the scene where like like airborne crew that like their glider fucking crashes lands in the wrong place and like mm-hmm. from there they're just trying to like survive and get to where they were supposed to be. So, like, at one point, a couple of them just fucking bail. Uh, And then, like, the last two are trying to, like, find a boat to get their, like, their commanding officer, Draco Malfoy, (laughs) uh, out to safety. And, like, uh, they make it back to this house where they were holed up. And, but this time there's Nazis there. And, like, that whole situation how it unfolds was pretty pretty dramatic and interesting
1: by the most tense part um, of the
0: movie yeah but uh other than that i mean like i watched this for two hours and i don't feel like i have a lot to say about it i agree
1: it like i said it's it's well made
0: uh
1: there are interesting bits but there's a whole character that i possibly can't give a fuck about at all uh because they try to make him introspective as to what he's doing or seem remorseful for what he's doing, but he continues to do it. Meanwhile, he's from the like he's from Holland itself. So like and he's back in Holland. So honestly at any point he could just be like, Okay, I'm taking off my uniform, I'm going to dress like a normal Dutch boy, and then I'm going to move on with my life and you know the-
0: wooden clogs. Yeah. Just like fuck uh, off and leave the German like, army. A, a huge, like, comically large, like pinwheel lollipop. <laughs> 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 just shoving his fingers you know, just, in holes in the ground. Just, yeah. Typical Dutch boy.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I I I don't feel. I've never. I never felt sympathy for that character at all. Uh, because, like I said, he just kept doing what he was doing.
0: Yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna, like, sympathize with the character who's a little, a literal Nazi.
1: Yeah. Like, if it was the fact that, you know, his, like, the Germans basically kidnapped him and forced him to be conscripted, I might then, but it seemed like he left of his own volition and then joined the German army. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sympathetic of that kid. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm kinda... Kind of done. Yep, that's fair. Uh, what would you rate it? Three. It's a solid movie that I'll never remember. Yeah, it's about a three. The uh, the battle scenes, such as they are, are pretty decent. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's what I mean by well made. Like it's it's kind of nuts. Like seeing, I don't know how much the budget was to to the movie, but uh, it seemed like it was uh, at least sort of substantial.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know kind of feels like uh, they had two movies and then like a short film that they just kind of smushed all together
1: I would have been interested to see like a
0: limited series yeah alright Um. <laughs> now it's time for the main event I guess uh, we had a patron requested review for this week
1: well fine if you don't want my money you mean if we watch terrible movies you'd give us money well sure Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patron Review segment. Uh, that's true. Uh, it comes from the Bubby, and it is the movie
0: Twilight. Uh, Twilight is a 2008 drama fantasy romance film. It's a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, so it's uh, it's tall girl adjacent. When Bella Swan moves to a small town in the Pacific Northwest, she falls in love with Edward Cullen, a mysterious classmate who reveals himself to be a 108-year-old vampire. Uh, This is directed by Catherine Hardwick. stars Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, and Billy Burke, and Taylor Lautner, and Sarah Clark, and uh, I'm sure other notable people. Did you say Anna Kendrick? Anna Kendrick's in here. She's here. She's doing it. Dan, what did you think of Twilight? So, I'm very
1: happy that I've gone as long as I have without ever seeing Twilight. Uh, I knew this would eventually happen whenever Twilight came to Netflix earlier in the summer and everyone freaked out about it. Um, I mean, you watched the Fifty Shades movies, which is uh, a mm-hmm. fan fiction of these movies. <sighs> uh and if those movies are worse than this movie, which I'll have to listen to you to talk about that, um holy fuck, bud. Uh Ashley said I complained more about this movie than any other movie I've ever watched ever, which is a hundred percent factually correct. Uh this movie sucks. Uh everyone is uh a robot who uh is programmed by a, a random word generator to say words. <laughs> And it's awful. The CGI is terrible. There's speed up effects uh, that they use, especially during uh, what I can only describe is the second best uh, sports related thing in a movie about not sports since uh, Catwoman. Uh, It's it's a mess. I had fun because I was screaming at the screen the entire time, but
0: also like, what the fuck? Well, what did you expect? Coffins and dungeons and moats. Don't you use this movie against me? I thought this was a terrific tale of forbidden teenage love.
1: It's not teenage love. He's a pedophile.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was I was gonna. I thought it would be funny if I was like all about this movie, but I I can't even fake it, and I'm just looking through like IMDb reviews. And there's a there's a ten star review somebody wrote. Uh, whose username is zardoz 13 uh, Oh, we know what this said man's that into. It's a, t- a terrific tale of forbidden teenage love. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. The cinematography is awful. Yep. Like anytime they do vampire things, they just kind of motion blur everything, and they're moving at normal speed, but you're supposed to like get the sense that they're very fast. Edward's the fastest. Yeah, he is, but he's not the strongest. That's why he'll never beat the man. For no reason.
1: (laughs) What a a fucking dumb movie.
0: He is a 108-year-old man who's dating a 17-year-old. Yep. It's not great. Not great, Bob. I don't know. Uh, Uh, We're making a new goddamn Home Alone movie. Yeah! You didn't know about that? Yeah, now I'm down at IMDb rabbit hole. That's fair. Um,
1: things that are better than this movie. The soundtrack of this movie. Like, seriously, go, go I mean, look up the, so. the soundtrack to uh, Twilight. You'll see uh, Paramore's Decode. You'll see Supermassive Black Hole. You'll have
0: Leave Out All the Rest it from Linkin Park. Did have Supermassive Black Hole. Um, I don't know, I... I hate this movie because it made Anna Kendrick awkward and unlikable. Uh, To thirst over a character that is potentially 17
1: in the movie. uh, Oh my god, her chest. (laughs) I never knew.
0: (laughs) How have I never known this? No. Anna Kendrick is a very attractive young woman. That's true. But how have I never known this?
1: How did it take me this long to discover
0: that's Maybe probably you true. you looked because you respect her. Uh, also it's okay to be thirsty for her cuz she's our age. Well that's true she's our age now. Uh well she's actually a year older than me so Oh. Oh yeah
1: okay so she I mean what
0: this case- means she's our age now. She would have been our age when the movie came out too. I guess that's true. What what, <laughs> what was her
1: what, what's her birth year? That's up. your time works. Shut up.
0: What was her birth year? Uh 85. According oh. to IMDb,
1: oh, so she would have been twenty three. That's mm, not the worst yeah. for playing a high schooler. She could be uh, the kid playing Paxton Hall Yoshida. Yeah, it's who, true. Who's literally um,
0: thirty. So Edward's a good vampire. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't eat. Uh, he doesn't drink the human blood. They're they're vegetarians, which means they only eat animals, which is really confusing. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, but then there's, there's bad vampires and they have to fight. Uh, Wait, can we talk about my like, favorite scene of the movie? And Bella makes her dad feel really bad and then they don't circle back on it at all.
1: No, well, no, she says, can you get dad so I can apologize? And we never see that on screen. Yeah. Um, let's talk let's about, see, what else? let's talk about my favorite Let, scene in the movie. Let's talk about. It's yeah. my favorite scene in the movie, uh, because of how memeable it is. Because it gives us the baseball scene. It is not the baseball scene. That's my second favorite scene in the movie. My first favorite scene in the movie is when Bella shows up to school, looks at Edward, uh, and then like uh, starts and he wandering comes. off. No, it, well, not that one. That's that's my third favorite scene of the movie. Uh, it's the, it's <laughs> where she like wanders off into the woods after giving him this this look, and then she's like. Hey, you're all these things, and he's just like say it, she, and then and then it does like this spin around shot because the cinematography is awful, and then it that it goes back to her face vampire, and then he's like, all right, I'm gonna take you above the cloud line now, so you can see what my what happens to me in the sunlight, <laughs> and then and then uh, he he. He puts her, he he piggybacks her like he's fucking Luke in Empire Strikes Back, carrying around Yoda, and he wire runs up the fucking hill uh, in order to get to the top of the fucking mountain, and then his skin sparkles, and I just went, so this is why everyone hates this movie. <laughs> now let's talk about the baseball scene, which is... Like I said, the second best scene involving sports
0: that is not in a sports movie since Catwoman. (laughs) It is the same energy as the Catwoman basketball scene. Oh, 100%. Uh, So, like, they have to play bait. They want to play. The vampires want to play baseball because it's the American pastime. And they care deeply for it. Uh... They're, they're reinforcing that, you know, these vampires are are true red-blooded Americans, pun intended, and, uh, you know, like sports. They're just like you and me. Uh, but they have to play when it's a thunderstorm, because they hit the ball so hard, it sounds like thunder. Factual. And, and then Bella says, now I see why you need the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh yeah. Uh,
1: and then and and then uh you know the girl pitches. Uh she has a, a horrendous throwing motion. Uh like I, I look at that and, and sorry ladies but she throws like a girl. Uh and then they speed
0: well, it like up. she throw she th- pitches the baseball mm-hmm. the same way with like the same energy as like the water type gym leader from fucking Pokemon sword and shield to to circle back on that real quick. Sure. It's so, like she kicks her leg up so high that like she practically like touches her shin to her face and then throws it. Yeah, that's true. Uh
1: but then like they hit the ball and then Bella's like, oh my god, that's a home run. And then uh the dad's like, no, because Edward's the fastest. Watch what happens. And then he runs he sprints to get the ball. Which, uh... And then goes throws per- the
0: ball back.
1: But it, it goes perfectly through a bunch of trees. Like, it's a line drive perfectly through, like, a fucking wooded area. Uh, yeah. Th- throws the ball back perfectly through the wooded area, and then gets her out. Uh, and Bella has to call the girl out, and then uh, that continues their rivalry that has been happening, because she feels like Bella's endangering the fucking, uh, whatever a group of vampires is called, because it's not a coven.
0: No coven is witches. All right. What is a group of vampires? Uh, what is a group? A colony? Of a cauldron? Van. A cauldron of vampires? Is that something? Uh Oh, I guess
1: coven has also been used for vampires, but house. How? Uh, like how a house of vampires? Yep. Or yep. Or coven. I mean, there there's a bunch of ones. I guess okay, fine, whatever. A clutch. uh what are the c words? Can we say a camisole?
0: <laughs> a nest? A nest of vampires? That was one of the ones that came up on Cora. Nest feels
1: okay. Nest is okay. Yeah. So uh, this net like Bella's threatening this this uh, nest of vampires through her existence because she's a human being. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, it's fucking dumb. And then they just keep playing until, um, Until hot, the bad vampires come. Until Hot Topic, the
0: vampires show up. <laughs> until the Black-Eyed Peas show up.
1: Yeah, kinda. Uh, featuring Ryan McCarty from, uh, Never Back Down, Uh, where his year yeah. of 2008 was very busy. They were trying to make that man something, and they
0: failed. Let's talk about Taylor Lautner's hair. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Also, can we just say, is? Uh, do we know if
1: Taylor Lautner is actually Native American, or did they just go, uh, look, ex- ethnically ambiguous male, uh, go. Yeah. Uh,
0: according to IMDB, he is of English, German, Dutch, and Scottish descent. So, just no. tan.
1: And yeah, just, just just tan. I don't know. He he might do uh, a fucking DNA DNA test and find out he's one thirty second Cherokee, like uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: <laughs> Christ! It's a deep cut that almost killed me.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say like um, there was no reaction. I'm like, okay, so that one that one doesn't work. Okay, fine.
0: We'll move on. Let's talk about <laughs> how Taylor Lautner's career is doing. Um, so like he was in the ridiculous 6. Yeah. He has four credits on IMDb that are more recent than that. Oh. Uh ridiculous 6 was in 2015. Yeah, that's that's true. What are the four credits? Uh he was in something called Run the Tide. Uh, he was in two TV series uh scream queens and cuckoo and then uh he's currently filming something called home team how old is he now is he is he like my age he's uh was born in 92 all right so he's my brother's age yeah he's uh he's a year younger than my wife which puts him solidly in her dating pool <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know i it's uh... I feel like he made plenty of money off of this and the advances of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. He's like, I yeah. don't really have to act, guys. I don't really feel like it. It doesn't matter to me.
0: He he is Shark Boy. And like, I don't know, I just I shouldn't feel bad for him, but I kinda do, because like Robert Pattinson has gone on to like pretty decent success. He's gonna like, be Batman. Put, and put Twilight behind him. Now and like he's finally stepped out of the shadow of that, no pun intended. And like, even Kristen Stewart has gotten away with it and like established herself as sort of like doing whatever her own thing. I don't know. She's, She's a Charlie's Angel. Yeah. Underwater was pretty good. She's
1: one of those film Twitter actresses that you know people love, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, I haven't seen her in anything really so I can't tell you whether or not you're right.
0: But, like, she's been on in all kind of shit, and, like, I don't know, I feel like Taylor Lautner's just kind of there, and then... And then he was... <laughs> and then he was, uh... Fucking Adam Sandler's friend.
1: Pretty sure he's Mexican in that, too. So there's, there's that. Yeah. Like I said, racially ambiguous. I'm now looking to see if I've seen... Kristen Stewart in anything before this? Because I want to say no. Uh, She was in the Flintstones in Viva
0: Rock Vegas. Oh my God, was she? Was she one of the kids? (laughs) No, she was an uncredited character in that. Oh, well. Uh, She was Ring Toss Girl.
1: Okay. Uh, It's been, I saw that in the drive-in theater. So that was my, that was my childhood. Uh, I'm not going to count I think probably that. probably like
0: the first notable thing she was in was Panic Room.
1: Yeah. Uh which I um, haven't seen.
0: So I this is actually my first bit of Kristen Stewart, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh I would actually recommend Underwater. Like there's there's opening and closing narration which kind of kills the whole thing, but like altogether it's it's a pretty tight little creature feature and it's uh it feels very similar to Alien, honestly. Interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, I feel like Underwater wasn't like hugely well received. But, uh, it's, it's developed sort of a cult following.
1: All right, now let's talk about the third best scene in the movie where Edward Cullen comes, the second, uh, <laughs> Kristen Stewart comes on screen. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to have Ashley explain that to me early. Like, they they do explain in the movie, like, hey, I smelled you and your blood smells so delicious that, like, I had to basically, like, stop myself from breathing. But also, like, you just look at that
0: and you're just like, what the fuck is that kid doing? He's jizzing. It's the face I used to make uh, in junior high whenever the girl I liked would walk into the classroom. He basically does the the Andy Samberg face from the Jizz In My Pants music video.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, uh, that, that scene was, like, one of those, what is happening? And then, like, the the follow-up scene is when he comes back to school, and she's like, you know, uh, you've been gone for a few days. And it's like, no one talks like that. Don't talk like that. Just be like, hey, where, where have you been? You okay? You know, like a normal human being.
0: That's the other thing with this movie that's really weird. It's like... It feels like... Everything was, like, the first take. And all the actors thought that it was, like, a dress rehearsal. So they're just, like, tripping over their lines the whole time. And just, like, keep going. There's so many ums in this movie. And that's not... Like, it feels forced, like... Sure teenagers are awkward and don't know how to express themselves, but like they just do it so much and it's not how real people actually talk. Right. It it feels like a movie trying to make it seem like how real people actually talk.
1: Yeah, that's that is a thing I I like it's not something that kills movies for me, but like everybody is so well spoken in a movie. That it feels like there's no way anybody's this well spoken. Like y- you can have one or two well spoken people, but dear, dear sweet Jesus, and this movie is just like the complete opposite of that. Where it's like no one's well spoken. Everyone doesn't know what they're fucking talking about at any point. See, I originally laughed when she walked into the room, and like it shows him, and then she does like the the fan blows her hair, and it's kind of like the, you know, the the thing where what's like um. You know, the romantic thing, like her hair is blowing in the wind and it's like, uh, fucking Jesse's girl starts playing or something like that.
0: (laughs) And then, uh, well, like later on in that same scene, there's like, they're in biology class. So there's like dead animals and shit all around the room. And there's just like a taxidermied owl with its wings spread. And then like it frames the shot. So it looks like Edward has angel wings. (laughs) Oh, I totally missed that. Do you get it? Do you get the symbolism?
1: Is it like Aslan being uh,
0: Jesus or something? Yeah. (sighs) Well, I can't wait till the next four patrons uh, make us watch New Moon Eclipse and Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2. Don't put that evil on us <laughs> don't put
1: that out into the universe don't don't fucking say that because because as of now based off of everything else uh sam harley wants us to do a new zealand movie uh Chris Yaney wanted us to do on the third the castle of cagliostro but then i told him that it's part of anim april so uh Chris Yaney, pick
0: again also i've i've reviewed that movie twice on that is the show that's factual I'll keep watching it. I like that movie. Yeah, I'll buy it on fucking Blu-ray if that's what you want, Chris Yanni. If if we if we end up doing that movie again, I'm just going to have to watch it synced up with Dark Side of the Moon in order to like have any new input on it. <laughs> uh, that's factual. And then like. Uh, nerd uh,
1: Jason, wants us to watch Waterworld, to which I responded, I wonder if we can get Caleb to cry over another Costner movie for a different reason. <laughs> so, like, right now, yes, it's shaping up to be the normal fourth quarter of a Netflix and Swill Patreon cycle, where everyone's like, hi, watch the worst fucking movies that we know of, because we want you to suffer.
0: Hey, when's our uh, when's our next cautionary tale of Netflix gonna be? Because I have a doozy of a pick for you. Uh, not this week, but next week. Or not not this upcoming episode, but the next one.
1: Did I Okay. Did I pick one or no? Did I think it's your pick, but Oh, you picked uh you picked
0: Monster Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. Oh yeah, that's right. So then you get to pick one after that and then What what is your, your what I is totally your pick? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I'm going to make you watch My Little Pony, A New Generation. Because okay. I have to. See,
1: see, I was going to be a nice man and be like, Hi, Caleb, I'll just give you my pick. Uh, I am not doing that now.
0: <laughs> uh, it's going to be biblical. It's true.
1: All right, uh... So that's, that's the show. Uh, next week, we will have our, our Halloween special, uh, Spooktacular 6. Holy fuck, it's six Spooktaculars. Uh, which, of course, means it's um, <laughs> another Star Wars nomenclature episode. Uh, hmm. We'll workshop it. We have a whole Return week. of the Spooky? Return of the Spooky. Uh so on that episode, we will have Wonder Bread for the whole fucking time, uh, where we're gonna get his fucking thoughts on on the Dave Chappelle shit, and he his thoughts are either going to be uh, very verbose or he's not going to give a shit.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, so Spooktacular Eight is going to be the rise of S- Spooktober or something like that, and that's fantastic.
1: Well, all I'm saying is, we need
0: a tenth, a tenth version
1: of a Skywalker saga movie, so that way we still have names to do. Because otherwise, the spook it, Delorean, <laughs> it, it's otherwise it's no longer <laughs> funny to us. Uh, uh, so yeah, we're gonna watch Midnight Mass as our main review topic. Corey, uh, I messaged him today, being like, "Hey, what is your uh, Corey Shady Horror Movie Corner pick?" And he said, "I will message you about it uh, later." Uh, it is now later, and it hasn't happened yet. So, uh, TBD. Probably announce it on Twitter. Uh, as I say, I'm watching it.
0: <sighs> so uh, the show's becoming tedious. Uh, what would you rate Twilight?
1: Oh, or uh, as my
0: wife called it, Twatlight.
1: Uh, one and a half.
0: I guess. In You remember at the prom when she was scared of dancing because she's awkward and had a broken leg? So uh, Edward, the 108-year-old man who was interested in her, uh, had her stand on his feet like a a dad dancing with his (laughs) young daughter at a wedding.
1: Oh, that's so (laughs) cursed! (laughs) (laughs) Why did you put that in the ether? I hate you. Fuck, fuck uh, you. Tell them where they can find us. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, tell them stuff, Dan. Uh, you can find our show at Netflix.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix will. Uh, go to uh, the link in the show notes uh, for my article on what's on Netflix. So that way you can make Casey Moore think I'm actually a good writer of articles. And uh, I have very many impressions.
0: All right. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is... Uh the taste of the vampire venom that we had to choke down. That's, that's uh, true. And then, uh, Edward
1: had to suck it out of us, but then he was going to suck out all of our blood and have it on the outside of our body.
0: <laughs> but the blood needs to be on the inside. Dear Lord. Uh, the show's becoming a nightmare. Uh, it is. Uh, Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday.